Good morning, and uh, oh, what a morning it has been. This is, no joke, my fourth attempt to record this podcast. Yeah, I had the batteries run out. Then I had one that didn't record for some reason. Now I'm freaking out thinking my recorder is broken. I'm doing this directly into my laptop, blah, blah, blah. It's just been hectic. So I'm sorry about uh, that slightly later release. Don't love it, but is what it is. Now, uh, we have a lot to talk about. One of the podcasts that went awry, I actually canned myself because I spent about 10 minutes talking about last night's Bills game in the moment and doing a lot of, you know, uh, predicting as to what's going to happen today in football. And then I realized it's a podcast, not a radio show. And many, many people listen to it. Yeah, like 10, I I looked at my stats, like 10, maybe 15% of you listen to this, like right when it comes out. But most people listen to it this week at some point, and so I can't really do dated information. That said, I can definitely talk about how much fun it was to watch the Bills beat the absolute hell out of the Patriots last night. The Patriots are one of those franchises that just kind of deserves to have the score run up on them, right? Like, there was a little bit of that um, on Twitter about, like, hey, show some class, you know, don't run up the score. But there was way, way more of, hey... Against the Patriots, it's kind of fine to run up the score. And that's not only jealousy. Yes, there's plenty of jealousy. They had Tom Brady. They had the GOAT. They did a lot of winning. And yes, of course, we're very jealous. However, the the, the Patriots have also cheated over the course of the Spygate, Deflategate. There was a story this week. Go look it up. Google this. Josh McDaniels, a Bill Belichick disciple. Josh McDaniels. Is, was busted for spying in Denver. He sent video to the other team's practices while he was the head coach in Denver. One season, they were like 6-0 and or 7-0. and Then they had a game in, in uh, London, and that's where the camera guy got busted. And from that point forward, there was no more of the Broncos being good because they got busted for spying. One of his players sold him out on that this week in an interview on some podcast. Look it up. It's little things like that, I think, that make the nation hate the Patriots. And yes, of course, jealousy. I admitted to the jealousy. But it's little things like that. I mean, think about what franchises are hated the way the Patriots are hated. You got a couple. I mean, look, there's... Here's a good example. There's millions of Yankees fans all around the world, right? But the Yankees are very polarizing. You are either a Yankees fan or you hate the Yankees. They're very hated in general. Millions of fans, of course. Hated, of course. Same thing with the Cowboys, right? It's basically the Cowboys and the Yankees are basically the same thing. Uh, You know, I I mean, look, they're laughing all the way to the bank with all their championships, but nonetheless, the nation essentially hates the Yankees, unless they love the Yankees. That's the Patriots. Just like that, that's all. Anyway, so uh, again, this part's dated, but the Bills will either be home against Cincy or at Kansas City. Both winnable games. I think the Bills look great. I don't care who they're playing. I think they look great. Look, I'll be prepared for both scenarios. I don't care if they're home against Cincy or at Kansas City. I think the Bills can win. Now, it's the NFL, and what makes the NFL fun is the any given Sunday aspect. And if they just happen to have an off day, if they just happen to maybe have a couple of breaks go against them that day, it's certainly possible that they lose those games. And again, that's what makes it fun. That's why it's a fun game. But 
there's no doubt in my mind they have the firepower to beat both those teams. They're firing on all cylinders defensively, and Josh Allen right now looks like a superstar, which, by the way, if you are the NFL and you are watching Josh Allen play football, A, how is he not your MVP? And B, how was he not even voted to the Pro Bowl? That's just embarrassing. My goodness, is that embarrassing. How do you not have Josh Allen in the Pro Bowl? That just shows you how little Buffalo gets national attention or how little they are on the radar. Buffalo, here's the deal. Buffalo has to win a Super Bowl. They have to win a Super Bowl in order to gain national respect. Last year, they went to the AFC Championship game and lost, and they didn't gain the national respect. This year, they got to at least go to, if not win the Super Bowl, Boy, wouldn't that be great to exercise their demons by beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl? I mean, come on. How ma- how amazing. How about that revenge, right? We said that last year, too, though. I remember. I remember. Actually, you know, talking about who the Bills are going to play next and knowing that by the time you're hearing this, we'll probably know the answer to that reminds me of an old radio story. And I'll do a by the way on that as well. The... um feedback I got from last week's episode was really sweet. Thank you guys so much. I got a ton of good stuff. I talked about struggling with mental health last week and um, how I can occasionally tailspin into depression. And I talked about how, you know, I have my triggers and then I have my, my tools. One of the tools I actually didn't mention on the podcast last week, not on purpose, but just, I just forgot was uh, I actually keep an email folder and my email folder is called read when sad. And then within that folder, it's got like subfolders, like it'll say, you know, um, business, you know, personal, uh, you know, radio. And what it is, is it's people writing me nice messages who have interacted with me, whether it's in business or whether it's something outside of business being personal or, or, you know, ultimately whether it's from back in the day when I was on the radio and, and I'll keep these folders, and even if someone just texts me something, I'll email it to myself, and I'll keep them. And sometimes when somebody says something yucky to me or negative to me, I'll go back and read through some of those emails, and uh, and, it, and it helps dig me out of the tailspin. And uh, it works, you know, it it really works for me. And I got quite a few of those this week, and so I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for you guys. But the reason I even brought it up was because I was talking radio this week, and um, with not knowing the results to the Bills game, it was reminded me of when we used to have to what we call voice track ahead of time, and that is record a, a show that was going to air after something was going to happen. So th- just to make it real, so it would be Friday afternoon, and I would have to record a show for, say, Sunday night, and the Bills would have played Sunday earlier in the day, and so I needed to basically do one of two things. Either there would be the generic, which would be, hey, it's uh, the radio station here. How about that game earlier today, huh? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> you know, We'll be right back with Aerosmith and Van Halen. Or the other thing was sometimes, and this was a little more rare, but if they were going to have somebody actually be at the radio station what they would do is they would have us record one of each where we would do one where it was like, hey, it's the radio station here. The Bills win again. Hey, the Bills make me want to shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Right? Or I would record a break right next to that that would say, radio, you know, whatever radio station. Uh, man, oh, man. 
really tough loss for the Bills today. Just, you know, you had to have that one and you didn't get it, but, you know, on to next week. And so they'd have a guy come in and whoever was board hopping that night would delete one of the two voice tracks, whichever one didn't make sense anymore. We did that a few times as well. And that was the magic of radio, baby. The magic of radio. But speaking of radio, great podcast last week with Whitney. And I got to speak to one of my old coworkers this week. I actually got to talk to Deanna King uh, from the Brother Weez show this week. It was actually on Friday. I was having kind of a down day. Um, she was having a bit of a down day as well. Her story's not mine to tell, but a um, little bit of it's public. She wrote a blog about last time Jay Moore came into the studio. I guess he was here this weekend at uh, the fabulous comedy at the Carlson. And he was going to be in studio, and Deanna was upset about that because last time he was in studio, he was pretty cruel to her. And I gave her a sincere apology about not standing up for her that day. I remember that day. I mean, I remember him being, you know, saying all kinds of very sexually explicit things to her. And I also remember him at one point, he he knocked Deanna's phone out of her hand. And, uh, you know, and I, I just I remember thinking that he thought he was funny. But I also remember a couple things. I remember he looked very disheveled. He looked sad and tired. I don't know. I mean, he's Jay Moore. He was in movies. And he had a great radio show, and now he's promoting a stand-up comedy routine in Rochester, New York. So I can understand why maybe he wasn't exactly feeling on top of the world that day. Uh, that being said, it gave him no excuse to do what he did. But I just remember in the moment kind of feeling like he was trying to be funny, and it just wasn't working. And that happened more than once. I mean, I, I remember, too, another famous story, again, this time with Deanna, but it was Deanna and Rob Schneider. And Rob Schneider was on the phone for an interview, and he started making all kinds of old jokes with Wheeze. And um, he's making all these old jokes, and they're really kind of not landing. You know, it's just, it's not funny, and Wheeze is getting annoyed. And Deanna comes to his aid. Deanna comes uh, basically to his rescue and says, you know, hey, Rob Schneider, that's enough, you know, shut up. And, you know, she goes at him a little bit, and good for her for that. Um, I I do still stand by, I believe that probably he was just trying to be funny and it wasn't working. I definitely believe that, but still nonetheless, it wasn't working. He should have bailed. He didn't. Deanna stood up for Wheeze. I think that's great. But it was good to talk to Deanna because on Friday – I was not having a good day. You know, speaking of what I was talking about earlier, somebody said something yucky to me, very negative, and it stuck with me. And it really took me, you know, remembering all the good and going back and seeing all of the various times where people have have um, given me compliments that, to, to, to kind of dig myself out of that. And she was going through a bit of that that day as well because she had written this blog post and I think it was turning – now, again, not my story to tell, but I think it was turning a bit dramatic for her that day. And so it was good, but it was good to talk to her, good to connect with her. Hadn't talked to her in a really long time. People ask me all the time if I miss radio. I do. Uh, I don't regret my decision whatsoever to leave radio because I will occasionally get that where people will hear me say I miss radio and they'll go, he regrets it. And I go, no, 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 no. Wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> Wouldn't change it for the world. However, do I ever miss going and sitting in you know, climate-controlled clean air and just shooting the shit about yesterday's Bills game or something. Yeah, I miss the ease of the job. That's what I miss. I thought it was a hard job at the time, but now that I'm doing real work for a living, I look back and I realize, oh, boy, I actually had it pretty good there for a while, didn't I? 
that was a cakewalk. Didn't realize it at the time. Like I said, didn't realize it. Um, I saw this thing on Twitter. I did want to mention this because I thought it was funny because Leonardo DiCaprio is supposed to be, I know this is such a, a random change of topic, but you know, he's the guy, right? He's the smoothest. He's the handsomest. He's Leonardo DiCaprio, for God's sakes. Did you see one of his ex-girlfriends blew him up on social media saying that he once took her to a date where he apparently he uh, rented out a movie theater and played a Star Wars marathon and ran around wielding a lightsaber the entire time? Now, I'm sure she's exaggerating. I, I mean, if he's playing a Star Wars marathon, you're talking about hours and hours worth of film and I doubt he ran around with a lightsaber quote the entire time but that being said here's what I love about it and this is something I've I've been so fascinated with this my whole life and that is you might remember this joke speaking of radio from the Wii show it's just a regular guy it's just a regular guy I love finding out that people I look up to are regular people I know that sounds silly I get it but I love finding out. I love seeing other people make mistakes or not know what they're talking about or, or just straight up not be smooth. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio, you think he's smooth because everything you've ever seen his whole life has been scripted for him to look smooth. And now all of a sudden, he doesn't look smooth. And this is from real life. So this kind of shows that if he's left to his own devices, maybe he's just like the rest of us. And that is secretly 12 years old. <laughs> so I believe that about most men. I believe mentally most of us are about 12 years old still. Oh, boy. Anyway. <laughs> um, got the chance to do some uh, TV this week, actually. I was lucky enough to have 13 Wham! out to Craft Cannery this week. And uh, they did the more. You know how in the morning, used to be Hannah Welker, then it was Ashley Dorsbacher. There might have been another guy in there somewhere. Now it's uh, this guy named Sam, Sam Carter. And they come out and they'll do a morning show. And they kind of, throughout the morning, they'll check in with Sam. And he's at some local business, you know, helping them do whatever it is they do. So he came out and we were making sauce. Making awesome sauce by my man Jeff Holtzapple. And um, he's the guy. He actually, he owns the Canandaigua Pontillos. So if you happen to ever order from that particular Pontillos, you can get, it's called Awesome Sauce. You can get Awesome Sauce Wings. You can get Awesome Sauce Pizza. Just uh, really, really good stuff. But anyway, that's what we happen to be making. And it was a great appearance. But speaking of not being smooth like Leonardo DiCaprio, this is where I was going with that. That's me, man. Not smooth. Not smooth. I went back and watched those appearances, those uh, segments. I don't, I feel like the same thing too. This week I was lucky enough to film some Country Max commercials. And I am so grateful and so thankful that Country Max allows me to endorse them. I believe it wholeheartedly. We shop at Country Max. I think Country Max is just an American dream story. You look into that story, you've got, you know, a guy, you know, starts a farming country store. I believe it originally was called something else. It was like a national chain, basically breaks off goes independent, creates Country Max, has built it into this freaking empire. And I love those kind of stories. You know me. You know I love entrepreneurship. So I love those kinds of stories. But, um, it, I, I, And that's why I say I, I wholeheartedly am happy to endorse them. But I go and I do these commercials, and I just feel like I am so damn awkward, right? Like my, my physical actions, my speech pattern, it just... I'll tell you this. 
And this, I think, ultimately is maybe my secret to success. If I have had any success whatsoever, it has been because I am pretty authentic and my cards are usually on the table. Now, has that ever worked against me? Of course, especially in business. That can work against you. But in general, for the most part, people knowing that what you tell them is the truth seems to seems seems to work when people feel your authenticity when and it's not even just being honest because <coughs> I'm a human being I mean I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've been 100% truthful with everything I've ever said in the history of the world of, of my world I should say of my life no I'm a human being I mean, have I ever told a little white lie of course I have who hasn't but authenticity being willing to be vulnerable being willing to admit mistakes. Here's the hard one. This is the ultimate hard one. I do this literally almost daily, and it is maybe the only thing that I look at. I, I actually, I think, if I'm going to sit here and compliment myself, okay, now you're listening to a podcast with a guy sitting, literally sitting in his living room, talking into a microphone, giving himself compliments. Holy shit, this is pathetic. But <laughs> if I do two things right, one is authenticity and not being afraid to be vulnerable in front of people. I hustle and I have a resilience and a never say die attitude. That's for sure. I've always joked about, you know, if my business ever went out of business, it would probably end with it burning down to ashes and me standing in the middle of it like, no. So there's like a, there is a never say die attitude there. A, a, a complete refusal to give up. I mean, giving up, is not even close to an option for me. And I'd say that's quality number one, because I do see a lot of people. I mean, there's plenty of resilient people out there. There's plenty of people that never say die attitudes, for sure. But I would say there's more that don't. And I definitely see people all the time who met with some adversity see giving up as an honest-to-God option. And I just don't ever think it enters my mind to give up. And I probably take that a little too far into, you know, menial tasks, daily tasks, things where actually maybe the healthy move would be to give up, but I just, I don't see it as an option. Uh, so one thing, but the other thing, what I started this with, I, I have to believe is authenticity. It's a willingness to be vulnerable. And this is the ultimate thing. And I'll leave you with this. It's the willingness to be wrong. I am wrong almost daily. But you wouldn't believe the amount of people. Well, yeah, you would. You're around people, right? You know human beings. How many people do you know who are willing to be wrong? Not a lot of this is a hard thing for people. People are not good. Not great, I should say. People are not great, not good at going back and going, oh, I was wrong. I was wrong. That's not going to work. I was wrong. Most people just aren't. I mean, most most people will, you know, they'll, they'll they'll move the they'll move the target. What do you say? They'll move the field goal post post to make the kick good. Instead of saying they were wrong, a lot of people will say, "Well, no, no. What I meant was, you know," and they'll change it a little to make themselves right. I've been around a lot of people like that in my life. Tons of people like that. You know, people. You ever been on Facebook? How many people you ever see on Facebook say, you know what? I was thinking about it and I was wrong. Well, for some reason, I am a human and I have ego like everybody. But my ego has never stood in my in the way of my ability to just look and say, I was wrong. Because I'm wrong all the time. 
I'm wrong almost daily. Sometimes it's about very meaningless little tiny things. Sometimes it's about bigger things. Sometimes I've been very wrong about business decisions, about personal decisions, quite frankly. I've been very wrong. But it's sort of a willingness to go, ooh, that was wrong. And people hear that, and it, and it throws them off. People are not used to hearing another human say, I was wrong. Try it. Try being wrong. I, honest to God, believe being wrong and trying it a different way Call it trial and error, if you will, doing it wrong 10 times so that we get to the 11th time and on the 11th time we get it right. I believe might, it kind of goes along with the resilience thing, right? I believe might actually be my secret because I'm certainly not good at things. You might say that I'm just saying this fishing for compliments, but I am not smart. I'm not. I, I mean, slightly intuitive, you know, able to carry myself in a room with other people. Uh, good about not getting nervous, sure, but smart? No, I'm not smart. You know, I'm not good at crunching the numbers. I'm not good at, at, at you know, designing. So I'm not an engineer. I can't, like, design systems. I don't, I, you know, I, I'm just sort of resilient and authentic. And I'm hoping that those two skills are enough to carry me through life. That's it. That's it. Call it the Pat on the Back podcast today, buddy. Polly pats himself on the back for five minutes. What an episode. <laughs> Sorry you had to sit through this, but thank you for listening.